everybody, and welcome to this episode of Unfiltered, where I pick a topic, give you my two cents. And in fact, this one's going to be a little different because I need to apologize. I need to apologize to you, the one who comes back and listens every time or watches me on YouTube, whatever. My my friends who are out there who are like, I can't wait for Christy to say something new. Well, I am sorry. I've not been there for you. And it is my absolute desire to provide value in the world. And when I don't, then I have too much self-reflection time, which is not always a good thing for me because my internalization tends to turn negative when I'm in, in certain modes. And I'm a very aware person. Well, so I say I'm very aware of myself. I am hyper aware of myself and those around me. So you talk about emotional intelligence. Yeah, I got it in spades. I'm good. I'm good over here. Uh, and I say that because there are times I do, I do need to back out so that I can just get calm and kind of work. My next practice is working on clearing my head so I can just stop thinking about stuff and just do it, which is another reason I need to apologize. I have not been doing what I said I was going to do with my content. So putting things out into the world that I know is valuable from my voice, from my perspective, my experience with all of the subjects, whether it be anything for business to life and marketing or, you know, fun things that may be out there, nerdy stuff, um, classic movie stuff, whatever. I don't care what the thing is. I just haven't been putting any content out. And I've been kicking myself for it. And yet I still wasn't doing it. So this past week, I've been called out on my shit a lot. In a, not just with my Marketing Mavens, which is a, another podcast episode with a different show. I Just all over the place. And people are like, I haven't seen you around much. I'm like, I know. There's a lot of reasons for that. As a business owner, I get uh, pulled away. And I have two businesses. We're launching a third soon. And I'm not running everything. Just so you know, I'm not running everything. I have a fabulous team that has stepped up. And this month was the theme of processes and systems, which if anybody knows me, knows you know how, how excited I am about being in the detail work so much, which is one of my triggers for me to know I need a break. I need to do something creative. I need to get out of my own head. So what happens when I get in these modes? I, every day I have self-talk mostly because I am by myself a lot, <laughs> but we all have this internal voice that is talking to us pretty much all day long, every day. Most of us don't even pay attention to what that little voice is saying. That little voice is just talking us into or out of something along the way into eating the donut that's randomly in the kitchen or, uh, in eating the salad that you brought for lunch, whatever the case may be. You know, I go there because those are really easy visuals to, to grab onto. When I say self-talk, there are times when I am alone so much. And those of you who are in this predicament will know what I'm talking about. Some of us may have tendencies. We just talk out loud to ourselves. It's the old radio person in me. It's the only child in the middle of nowhere in me. It's the, I have been literally alone in my space for years now. I, I don't have a problem with talking out loud. Now, do I answer myself? No, not really. I pray a lot. I do pretend I talk to the Holy Spirit a lot. So I pray a lot out loud, having these conversations. 
but one of the things that I've realized that I do, and this is why one of the reasons I do talk out loud, the word has power. Okay. So when I'm talking to myself and I, I realize when I finally have the realization of, oh my God, I am not being helpful to myself at all. Why would you say that to yourself, Christy? That's not at all who you are, who you want to be. That is not helpful right now. And I'm like, okay, coaching practice here. Whenever I was trained as a coach, go through certain methods of training for different kinds of coaching. My training involved close to therapy level stuff. Like it really puts you through the ringer back in the day because the whole concept is if you haven't gone through it, you can't help somebody else through it. So knowing that I still have these coaching tools that I can rely on when I need to have these self-reflective moments, I can add a coaching tool to it. And also the Bible says, take every thought captive. Thank you, Apostle Paul. So when you take every thought captive, what does that mean? That means you, you analyze and interrogate the shit out of it. I need to know what even brought you here in the first place. Who, who said, said you were, who said it was okay for you to be in my head? Well, where did this shit start? So depending on, depending on the kind of thought it is, and here's one of my popular examples. Now, this is still an ongoing conversation that I have, but it's so much more positive than it used to be even five years ago. So before anybody gets says, I don't need the encouragers and cheerleaders, just so you know, this is only an example. I'm only giving you an example, but I will use this in my trainings and my, my uh, presentations because it's such a stark moment in my life. It's a defining moment. When I was 16 and I was, uh, I had a summer job helping my mom at a law firm. She was the legal secretary. So I was a clerk. I would do all of the whatever's the running, the filing, the copying the this and that and all that kind of stuff and being from the country rural we you know, I didn't have to dress up but going to Louisville to work you kind of needed to dress up a little bit especially for a law firm so there was a day I actually had a dress now I when I told this story a few years back I realized in the process of telling the story why I don't wear dresses and this is the Links back to this. This is why I take that. You'll see the circular pattern in my head here. When I had that dress on and I'm just in the copy room, the senior partner of that law firm came in and he said, Christy, you'd look really good today. And I was like, well, thank you. And he said, you know, you'd be really pretty if you weren't so big. And he turned and walked right back out. Now at the time, I think I was just too shocked to have any sort of reaction at all whatsoever. And I needed to go do something else, but it's, stuck that moment stuck with me for the rest of my entire life like I am turning 49 shortly and it is still vivid exactly what the dress was exactly what I was doing what the law books smell like how big the room was who the partner was he was holding a cup of coffee yeah and it was just all of that is a very vivid memory so what what do I tell myself around that moment? I know where the root of that started. And it honestly, the root of my, how I talked to myself about my size didn't start there. It started when I was five and I came home 
from a summer vacation with my grandparents a little chunkier than I should have been. And it was talked about and I heard everything. And so when you hear about that stuff, you just start to internalize that. Okay, well, then that's true. What you're telling me about me is true. I wasn't I equipped to be able to just change my mind because I wanted to. I was like a sponge. I took everything in. And so other people's perceptions, their input created a pers- my own belief set internally. And so the self-talk just continued to strengthen that particular belief that if I was, if I, if I wasn't so fat, if I wasn't so big, that if, if I were skinnier, I would be pretty, right? If I, if I weren't so fill in the blank, I would be fill in the blank. I was constantly diminishing who I was just as a human being, because that value of needing to be pretty and the fact that I was a big girl anyway, I've, it's been a long road to redeem that whole scenario. Okay. I'm perfectly fine now. Like I, again, let me just preface all of that to say, I'm perfectly fine now with it in the sense of, I would much rather just be healthy. I don't give a flying fuck if I'm big or not until I want to be on a roller coaster. Let's make no mistake. I do still have some issues, but it's not into my confidence about who I am. So just so you know, but these defining moments create this self-talk. So back to the self-talk, this negative self-talk that I have, it's just ridiculous at times. As a, as a woman business owner who my background in my career, I clawed my way just to be able to, I, I didn't make it big in corporate, but I did all of the big things in small business at the same time that I worked in corporate. So my background is like, I have layers of things happening at the same time that gives me this really beautifully faceted gem of experience that I can then share with other people like I'm doing now with you. So self-talk. And I realized it, all of this stuff was hitting me again. Now, perfect storm of me being in the detail too long with my personality. I need to be able to work in my sweet spot a lot more than I do. It is going to change because my, my me and the team are on it. We need me in my sweet spot a whole lot more. And so training them, setting processes, there's a plan in place and we are working the plan. But that to be said, I still, like if I get into detail and I get hormonal, let's not forget as a woman, I have hormones and them things are all over the place. Can't control them most of the time. I get exhausted. I just get so tired and physically draining. Like I could, it's that kind of draining when you could feel it right under your eyeballs. Like you have a hard time keeping your eyes open in a day, that kind of exhausted. When I get in that, that kind of a perfect storm where I'm tired, I don't have the energy to stop the negative self-talk. And so then it becomes a, I've convinced myself of something. So I wrote on the whiteboard one day, what are you convincing yourself of? I've convinced myself about a lot of things and not like I give you the example of, of my size and if I'm pretty or not, which the two are not related. But I've, I've 
accomplish that in my self-talk now, but there's a lot of other things that I've convinced myself of over the years that's not helpful for me to create momentum in my life, which is my word of the year for 23, momentum. And that's important for me because I have I have this picture of what I want my business to look like and for other people to experience that. Bringing value to the world, having positive influence in the world, all of this stuff. I'm like, you are stopping yourself. Christy, you are in your own damn way. What the hell? Why are you doing this? So having moments of self-reflection, it's all within my own self-talk. Okay, got it. I'm convincing myself of things that are not helpful. So then I also realize I'm like, okay, sure. I do have limiting beliefs. I help others get through their limiting beliefs. When I get to this kind of a state, I typically will go to my coach because we should, everybody should have one to help me work through maybe something specific because he can hear things that I'm saying as I'm just like, you know, verbally vomiting all over the place. He can catch the stuff that has more uh, oomph behind it. We call it energy, more oomph, like something gets me worked up a little bit more than something else. And so that's the thing that we then dive a little deeper in. There's tools and processes for this. Those limiting beliefs have shaped my behavior. Let me say it again. Those limiting beliefs have shaped my behaviors. Our belief set, both positive and negative, limiting and freeing, shape our behaviors. We can be telling ourselves that we're one thing. And I'm trying to say this in a really succinct kind of way, and I don't know if I'm going to get to that. But let's stay in the limiting beliefs and behaviors for the moment. If I if I still believe that I'm not pretty if I'm fat, big, whatever, whatever word you want to use, that if I'm big, if I'm a bigger girl, which I still am, that I'm not pretty, I will behave thusly. Meaning I probably am not going to fix my hair or put makeup on or, you know, look, I don't iron clothes anyway. I won't, I won't put effort into my outward appearance at all because I'm already not pretty. It's that's how I'm going to behave. Or I won't even try to diet and work out. Why? What's the point? Now, let me, let me quickly address that. I don't believe in diets for the sake of dieting, because that's not a sustainable lifestyle. I already learned that over the years. So and back to this, the limiting beliefs create behaviors that either help me or hinder me. And if I'm not like most people only look at your behaviors. And when we only look at how we're behaving, we're not getting to the root issue. Where did that even come from? Why are you doing that in the first place? If you don't stop to self-reflect to figure it out, you don't get to decide whether or not that's you make the change. If I, if, and I don't do this just so you know, but if I, if I ran to the, the cupboard and pulled out, listen to me, a cupboard, is it a cupboard? Is it a pantry? I don't know. I, I double digress on that one. If I run to the cabinet every time 
I get emotional about something or let's call freezer. If I go to the freezer every time I get emotional about something and grab the ice cream and eat it, what that's a behavior. That is a behavior. But what belief causes that behavior? Now, I don't do that because my belief around emotional eating is that you just don't get to do it because emotional eating, emotional drinking, emotional whatever, it causes that next level of a crutch and it can become an addiction. And I have addiction rampant through my family. And so I'm extremely aware of why I eat sweets, why I even eat. I was looking around for the potato chips that I had a couple of earlier. There's why do I reach for a particular food? Why do I reach for alcohol? Why do I reach? So I, again, back to my self-talk and limiting beliefs create this behavior. Now, ideally what I'm going to be doing and what I do on a regular basis is I evaluate these beliefs and is it still true? And is it helpful for me to get, create the life that I want? Most of the time, no. So I've had a lot of work on myself over the years. Those that knew me 10 years ago, 20 years ago, just think I'm amazing now. I'm like, it's a lot of work to get to this point. And and it's not going to work out at Planet Fitness or Orange Therapy or boot camp. It's not outward work. It is a lot of inner work, a whole lot of inner work, which can also be exhausting some days. And some days I just need to shut my brain off. That's a whole different exercise of activities to be able to shut the brain off because it takes a lot of work to get that done too. So if you're if you're like, why do I do this all the time? Check what you believe about that. Money is another great example. How do you, what do you believe about money? Because that's going to show up in how you behave with money. Is money abundant? And do you just spend like crazy? Or are you like, what do you believe about money? That it's never there when you need it? I, I, I don't know. You have to kind of check that for your own self. That's a whole different conversation. And I just had that with a, a, another friend yesterday about I don't want hot mess money. I want happy money in my life. So I'm going to do a whole nother conversation about um, the difference between hot mess and happy money. So just pay attention to what you're telling yourself because ultimately you're bringing to life every day what you're saying. And it can be very spiritual conversation about the power of words. We know there's been, okay, there's, so there's an experiment out there. I don't know the exact one. I'd have to look it up, but there's an experiment out there about the scientist that took a, a bottle of water or a bowl of water, water, and had his students speak negatively to this water. They set it aside for 30 days. It comes back and it is all kinds of gross. If you speak positively into it, there were snowflakes, like beautiful little crystal water holds memory. And the whole point of the, the exercise with that water holds memory, we as human beings are made mostly of liquid. Knowing that, you know, we're made, mostly made of water, it holds the memory. And I'm like, so there's a link between that and neuroscience that tells you the trauma that you had, even as a child, is still remembered 
by your cellular structure of your body, which fascinates me. And that's a whole, I don't know enough to completely have that conversation, but there are studies out there and I've been paying attention to that as well. And it, it does fascinate me. I do want to know more. There's neuroscience behind the power of our words, understanding that it affects our bodies, that words in general. So think about radio waves and even the microwave microwaves. There is all kinds of wavelengths in the air around us right now. Our vocal cords create wavelength. Our words have specific vibrations to them. It's fascinating. And then you then you switch it from science to spiritual. God spoke our entire universe into being. He said, let there be light, the earth, animals, water, sky, clouds, all of it, Adam, man. Final thing that he spoke into creation, woman. That's right. We are the icing on the cake, cherry on top. Final pinnacle of creation. The last thing that he needed to create was us, women. You're welcome. <laughs> Jesus, it says in John, it begins in John that Jesus was the word. Period. Like it's everywhere how powerful words are. Everywhere. Science, spiritual. And there's proof that we take that word and believe it. If we're paying attention enough, we can take that word and not believe it, but it takes some work. So I'm going to, I am going to encourage you right now to pay attention to what you're telling yourself, because ultimately the only thing you really have control over at any given day is you. And it starts with your thoughts and then how that gets projected out. So if you don't like how you're behaving or somebody points out that you're not behaving well or that you do something that seems a little strange to them or um, that they tell you that you're something that you never would have thought that. But when you look at it, you kind of like, oh, maybe I do that. And why do I do that? Oh, because I keep telling myself I'm a horrible person and that's why I do this thing. And I'm so Anyway, fill in the blank of all the things that I could be telling myself that I'm bad at. And just know that I would never, if somebody talked to you like I talked to me, uh, uh, no, them's fighting words. I would step in on that in a heartbeat. So why do I not do it for myself? Okay. Tell yourself the same thing. And just remember, positive self-talk is worth it. You are creating, you are bringing to life every day what you tell yourself. So with that, that is my, my well, I would say short, but that is my thought about what are you convincing yourself of on this episode of Unfiltered. So come back for another one shortly. Stay tuned, subscribe. That way you'll know when the next one drops. Thanks everybody.